Quinnipiac, they lost the first two games yesterday. They won this morning. What do they need to do to keep that rolling? This is Bobcat Banter, presented by QBSN and the Quinnipiac Chronicle. Oh, and he cranks that along the right field line. If it's fair, it's gone. And it's fair, and Michael Cohn, they trade home runs. Michael Cohn, deep along the right field line. Hello, and welcome to Bobcat Banter. I'm Noah Epstein. Today I'm joined by QBSN and Chronicle members Ben Jurgen. Hey, Noah. Great to be on. I'm so stoked to be here. Stoked you're here, Ben. And Seth Fromowitz. What's going on, guys? I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Love to hear it. We're going to talk some Quinnipiac baseball and softball. But first, let's run through the other Bobcat sports. After winning the first game of the year, the men's lacrosse team has now lost seven straight games, dropping Saturday's game to Marist 17-10. The women's team has a better record at 5-5 five and five on the year, but the Bobcats got their first MAC loss of the year on Saturday to Niagara. They fell 9-8 despite outshooting Niagara 32-25. The QU men's tennis team started off April with a win against Niagara and then got blanked by Monmouth 7-0 on Monday. As for the women's team, the Bobcats also beat Niagara to start off April and then won their sixth straight game on Tuesday, getting revenge for the men's team by shutting out Monmouth 7-0. They face Ryder on Thursday, looking to start 3-0 in MAC play. All right, guys, time to play ball. After 19 straight away games to start the season, the Quinnipiac baseball team lost its first home and first MAC series of the season to Canisius this past weekend. The Bobcats won the first game and then lost the next two. The series was highlighted by Game 2 when Canisius scored 15 runs in an offensive onslaught against Quinnipiac. The Bobcats will play a three-game series at Marist this weekend. So guys, how do they get their season back on track? Well, I think the first thing they have to do is get their pitchers to go longer. I mean, you saw in Game 1 of the doubleheader against Canisius, they had starter Brandon Garcia go six innings, and then they had Anthony Ambrosino come in for three. So when they have their starters go for long, they don't have to rely on their bullpen as much, which is frankly subpar. So when they do that, when they have starters go for long, they likely get wins. And Brandon Garcia's seven starts of the year, they've won four of them. And those four wins and Garcia's starts account for two-thirds of their total wins on the season, with that being six. So when they get their starters to go for long, they win ball games. Yeah, like Ben said, as all you want is for your starters to go the distance. In any, any team, really, you don't really want to go into your bullpen early. So big key for this Bobcats team is get their pitchers to go as long as they can. They have the offense. They have an amazing offense. They're able to put up close to 10 runs a couple of times against uh, North Carolina State, who's number nine in the nation at that time. So the offense is there. It's just whether or not their starters can go the distance. I mean, how does the pitching improve? Their ERA is close to 10 opponents, hitting close to 310 against them. How does their pitching improve? Well, you can't do much mechanically to improve yourself. But what you can do is change how you attack hitters and the approach you make. Um, and another thing that this team struggled with is the battery. They've struggled with holding runners on, catching runners to steal bases. Their battery, I believe, is top three worst in the MAC in past balls. I'm not going to say an exact number because off the top of my head, I don't know it. But they struggle to hold on runners. And the pitchers, they're all very similar in the way that their timing to the plate and their approach of attacking hitters is similar. And a good MAC team, like Canisius is, is going to catch on to that. So how, how do they improve, to answer your question, is fix their approach, get their timing down, just make runners and people on the base paths uneasy. Yeah, for me personally, what I think they need to do is just control what they can control. 
try not to put the ball in play as much, you know, just taking a deep breath, adjusting yourself, and like Ben said, have that different approach. Something to, you know, fix with giving up so many runs is the fielding. You know, they've had 38 errors all season, so they're close to two errors per game. So a lot of that is just fixing mental errors all around. I'd like to add the pass balls by catchers. They have 16. That's second worst in the MAC, only to Iona, who is the worst team in the MAC right now. So, like Seth mentioned, their offense is good. They have that, but where they need to clean up, like you said, Noah, is their pitching and their fielding, mainly their defense behind the plate. So, more specifically, you mentioned Brandon Garcia. He's been the ace of the staff, no doubt. Jimmy Hagan's also been really good. So, what pitchers need to step up because we, the Bobcats, know that they have those two. So, more specifically, what other pitchers really need to step up for this team? That's a good question, Noah. I'd say probably their three-starter, lefty Tate Copeland. Tate Copeland was on the All-Mac rookie team last year. He has the potential to be great. He had a really good season last year. Copeland this year, he started five games, and in each game he's allowed, these are earned runs in order, 4-5-0-5-4. almost like a reverse. The one game he allowed zero earned runs, the outlier, against Hartford, they ended up winning that game. He went two and two-thirds, one hit, zero, zero runs, zero earned, one walk, five strikeouts. But besides that really positive start, really great for him, this season it's not been good. 15.68 ERA. That is atrocious, frankly. Um, a 2.81 whip, uh, five appearances, five starts. Uh, he went, he's went 10 and a third on five starts, so he's averaging around two innings in appearance. That's <laughs> For longevity, for going to the bullpen, not good. I know I keep saying not good a lot, but there's no other way to describe it. If he gets himself situated, he gets his fastball going, his off-speed going, that team will improve drastically, especially if he can go longer into games. He'll have a bad start every now and then, but if he can go longer, allow four or five runs, that gives Quinnipiac a shot. They don't have to go to their bullpen right away. And like I've mentioned, longevity matters. They need to get more innings out of their starters, both him and Kevin Sider. They need that. They need Copeland, their all-MAC rookie last year, to step up. Yeah, as Ben touched on, Kevin Sider, in my opinion, I think needs to, you know, try to get back on track. He has an ERA over seven, which is not really something you want out of a starter. And he's given up 57 hits in 35.2 innings, so that's that's more than one hit per inning pitched. And you know, you want to be able to control the batters and your approach in order to improve. So the Bobcats playing the Red Foxes in this Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. How do the teams match up? I think the mat- the key matchup to be on the lookout for is Marist pitching versus Bobcat offense. If you look on the MAC website, Marist pitching is number one. In total staff ERA, they have a 5.31. They've pitched 201 and two-thirds innings, and a lot. 218 hits allowed, 119 earn runs allowed, and 209 strikeouts as a staff. So they're holding their own in the pitching department. And Bobcat offense, I'm sure Seth touched on it, it's good. 264 average. They do strike out a lot, however, 227. But their team slugging percentage, a 386, good enough for top five in the MAC. Um, 14 home runs, 197 hits, 288 total bases, 360 on base percentage. They know how to hit. Their approach is working in that regard. So the key matchup to watch out for is those Marist pitchers looking out against the Quinnipiac hitters, specifically Ian Osberg, Kyle Maves. Uh, Keegan O'Connor, Jared Zimbardo, they've all been having phenomenal years so far. Yeah, like Ben said, the pitching for Marist has been absolutely amazing. All guys who have more than 
uh, one start on the season. They all have an ERA under five. So that's one, two, three, four, five guys on their staff that have been really doing well when it comes to the starting pitching aspect compared to Quinnipiac where no starter with more than one start has an ERA under five. So that's something to keep a lookout for, especially against an offense for Maris that has guys like Gene Napolitano, who's batting 409. You know, you might not be able to stop him, but you want to be able to stop the other guys in that lineup to limit the damage that uh, Napolitano does to them. All right, Bobcats and Marist this weekend for baseball. Now, for softball, things haven't been pretty for the team either. In their first two MAC series this past weekend, the Bobcats got swept by both Canisius and Niagara in two games each. Canisius won game one 10 nothing, and the Bobcats only got one hit in the game. Quinnipiac has its first home games in MAC play this coming weekend with two games against both St. Peter's and Manhattan. How can the Bobcats bounce back in the homestand? Well, I think that... You know, we said this about the baseball team, but keep the errors to a minimum. This te- this softball team has a lot of errors. They have 41 errors in 23 games. And when you take out the wins, they've only had one error in all five of their wins combined. So when the defense is clicking, that means that the whole team is going to be clicking. You know, so just keep the errors to the, to a minimum. Try to get runners on base as always and, you know, avoid those mental mistakes. Yeah, what they really need to do, I agree with everything you said, Seth, but I'd like to add, they need to focus on their pitching. Jackie Gonzalez, she's gone 13 appearances, 7 starts, 4.13 ERA. Sydney Horan, uh, she's a workhorse for this team. 17 appearances, 10 starts, and 5.67 ERA. So what they need to do is obviously limit the runs. That's what any team wants to do. But have those starters go longer and they normally do because softball the motion isn't as taxing on your arm they Sydney has three complete games Jackie has one Taylor Walton has one so they have starters going for long term but like you mentioned Seth the fielding needs to be cleaned up in their offense too their offense currently is second to last in the Mac in average uh, in 24 games they have 125 hits 308 slugging percentage 295 on base percentage not good. Yeah, like you said, Sydney Horn with the 5.67 ERA, but at the same time, you know, 65 runners have scored while she was pitching, but 47 of them were earned. So, you know, the pitching does need to be improved upon because none of these pitchers have an ERA under four, but at the same time, you know, what can you do when you're put in tough situations created by your defense? All right, you guys talked about the pitching. Hitting, not so good for the Bobcats either. Hitting under 215, opponents hitting 309 against them. The only power hitter the Bobcats really have is Kayla Thomas with five homers and an OPS above 800. So who needs to step up in the lineup? Personally, for me, I don't really think one specific player needs to necessarily step up as as much as the entire team. You know, we've been seeing this team mix and match the lineup a lot, moving players around. So, you know, it's hard to zone in on one player when the whole team themselves is just trying to find that groove. Seth, I'm going to take the difficult challenge of narrowing it down to one player, but you're exactly right on the whole team. It sort of seems like if one player is not hitting well, it's almost like a domino. The rest of the players fall in line. But to me, I'm going to go with junior Serena Fogg. Fog this year is batting 236 with a 737 OPS. And the main reason I'm going with her is she's one of the main starters. 
She's uh, played in 22 games and started in all of them. However, the Bobcats have played 23 this year. So she's missed one game, but besides that, she has been a staple for this team in the lineup. No matter where they batter, I know you mentioned that they flip-flop the lineups. They like to switch it around. But Serena Fogg is a staple. And as a staple in the lineup, they're expected to produce. Serena Fogg, she has been this year, but obviously she can improve it. For example, Bridget Nasser, she's batting 257 on the year, nine extra base hits, seven doubles, one triple, one home run, 419 slugging percentage, 313 on base. So as a starter, she's had that production. And Serena Fogg, though she's not had a bad year, someone that needs to level up her game in order for the Bobcats to achieve better production. Yeah, definitely. And something that I think that could help contribute to this Bobcats offense getting better would be, you know, finding that catcher. You know, Hannah Davis earlier, a couple of weeks, weekends ago, um, had a hand injury, so they lost their senior starting catcher. And at that point, it was just trying to find who was going to be that replacement, who was going to be that, you know, the game in-game manager on the field. You know, we've seen them try Kayla Thomas out there, who's been one of their better bats this season. We've seen Kayla Jensen. You know, we've seen them, the Bobcats try to platoon them in that number two two position. But, you know, if they find that catcher, that leader on the field, then I think, you know, more things will start to fall into place and good things will happen. So the Bobcats playing against St. Peter's and Manhattan this weekend. Which team are they more likely to have success against? No, personally for me, even though it's on the back end of the weekend, I like how they're going to match up against Manhattan, but with similar teams and records, you know, Manhattan losing their last five, Quinnipiac losing their last four. So, you know, it's really hard to predict how the weekend's going to turn out, but I feel like coming into this weekend, Quinnipiac, they've got that drive. They, you know, I don't want to say they were embarrassed last weekend against Canisius and Niagara because it's hard to travel all the way to upstate New York like that and play two back-to-back doubleheaders. But, you know, they're home. They're hungry for it. I I like how they're going to look against Manhattan. Seth, I'm going to agree with you and also go with Manhattan. Their lineup appears to be very top-heavy. They have five batters that are batting above 250, starting with Annie Moore, 339 average, three home runs, their best hitter in the lineup, 607 slugging percentage, 387 on-base percentage, so though that doesn't look good, I think if Bobcat pitching can get through them and keep them tamed and turn down the offensive error or the defensive errors rather, I I agree with you that Manhattan or they have a better chance of succeeding at Manhattan and also Manhattan has the worst pitching of the two. They have no pitcher with an ERA below 4. Their best being Jesse Rising with a 4.40 ERA. So I do agree with you. Their pitching is Manhattan's pitching is subpar. They're hitting though it's really good at the top of the lineup. It's not the best. The rest of the hitters have are batting below 200. And I think the Bobcats do have a greater chance of success against them. All right, we'll find out what kind of success they'll have this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, home doubleheaders for Quinnipiac softball. That'll do it for Bobcat Banter. Thanks to Seth and Ben for coming on to talk some baseball and softball. And if you want to hear this crew talk about it some more, don't you worry. The three of us will be back next week. We appreciate everyone listening. Enjoy the games.